0: Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, the Outreach Minister here on staff, and for the next half hour, I'll also be your host as our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider, presents a message about the Lord being an intimate God. If we don't guard our hearts, we can start to believe that our imperfections define us. But we were made to overcome this world and the lies of the enemy. And today on the program, Rabbi Schneider is going to explain why God uses our imperfections for His glory. This message comes from our study on revelations that set you free. And if you'd like to take some notes, you can find Rabbi's study guides online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. But right now, let's get started.
1: We're looking at deep truth, at mystery that when uncovered becomes revelation and revelation sets us free. Yeshua said we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. I wanna get right in to a brand new revelation that truly can produce light and freedom in your life. Paul said to the Lord, he said, "'Lord, I'm struggling with something. There's this messenger of Satan that's tormenting me.' And the Lord said to him, "'My grace is sufficient for you. I'm not gonna take this torment away from you. Paul, my power, rather, will be perfected as you struggle through this thing. My power is gonna be perfected in your weakness. I'm gonna read now from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number nine. Paul's crying out to the Lord. He said, Lord, there's this messenger of Satan, take it away. Paul told us he kept praying about this three times. Eventually, the Lord spoke back to him. Here's what happened. He said to me, Paul is speaking here, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Now, I want to put this in perspective. I'm going to go back to the seventh verse of the same chapter. Listen to what Paul said here. There was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. So who was this one that was given to Paul? Listen. It was a messenger. Paul comes boldly straight out and says that this messenger was a messenger from Satan. And it's obvious that Paul said this messenger of Satan was sent to him from Hashem, from God, because Paul tells us that this messenger of Satan was sent to him because the abundance of revelation that Paul had received in order to keep him from exalting himself. So it's obvious here that this is part of God's divine plan in Paul's life to keep Paul from getting puffed up because of all his knowledge. God sent this messenger of Satan to bring Paul low, to make Paul pray, to keep Paul humble, to keep Paul clinging. So Paul is hurting. He's in pain. This messenger of Satan has attacked him and it's tormenting him. Paul says, take it away. Father, take it away. Lord, take this away. And then God says, Paul, no, I'm not going to take it away. But my grace will get you through. And beyond that, Paul, listen, my power is going to be perfected as you cling to me, as you cry to me from this dependent place of weakness that you're in right now. Paul's response to that understanding was wow, I'm going to therefore boast in my weakness rather than my strength. Now, listen to this key of revelation God used Satan in Paul's life in order to make Paul strong. Satan attacks, makes Paul weak. Now Paul can't depend on his own flesh. He can't depend on his own power. He can't continue on as usual. No more business as usual. Paul's on his knees, help me God. And God says, stay Paul right where you're at, clinging to me in this place of weakness, because my power will be perfected in your soul as you cling to me. Now, if God used this messenger of Satan as a tool to make Paul strong, is it possible that when Adam and Eve fell in the garden back in the book of Bersheed, Genesis, that was also part of God's plan? That God wanted Satan to deceive Adam and Eve because somehow God had something he was gonna do in mankind that he could not have done unless mankind had fallen. Isn't that what we just saw happen in Paul's life? God could not make Paul strong without this messenger of Satan. God needed this tool. He needed this messenger of Satan to break Paul so that in Paul's brokenness, he could depend on the Lord. And in his dependency, God made Paul strong. The fact is, Satan is God's tool. God is God. There's only one Lord. I remember when I first started going to church as a young believer in Yeshua. And the way the preacher was preaching, it was like, God's over here, Satan's over here, there's this eternal struggle going on, and by God, we're praying and believing that God's gonna win. And I thought, as a Jewish person, this is utter nonsense. There's one God. God is the only master of the universe. He's the, I don't know love, he's the master of the world. Listen, before Satan could attack Job, Satan had to get permission from the Lord to attack Job. There's only one God. He is causing all of his creation, beloved ones, to move towards his eternal purpose. And the fall that took place in the Garden of Eden was actually part of God's plan for humanity because in the Garden, Adam and Eve were living souls. But the Bible tells us that once Adam and Eve fell and sin entered the world and eventually God sent us a Redeemer through his son, Yeshua, and through our relationship to God through Yeshua, we actually receive God's spirit. We go from being a living soul, which Adam was, to instead entering into a relationship with God where we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You see, Adam and Eve had the Holy Spirit with them, but the Holy Spirit wasn't in them. It's only because of the gift of his spirit now that has come inside us that we now have a life-giving spirit We went from being living souls, as the first Adam was, to now not only having a living soul before our creator, but literally having his Zoe spirit, his spirit of life dwelling on the inside of us. God uses evil for his own purposes. There's one Lord, there's one God. This is what we mean as Jewish people when we declare the Shema, as I said in an earlier broadcast. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. We sing Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. It means hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, meaning there's only one master of the world. We don't fear Satan over here and worship God over here. We worship one God and we realize that everything in his creation, including the powers of darkness, are subject to him. Don't reject yourself because you fall short. Don't reject yourself because of your imperfections, because it's your imperfections and your brokenness that become your potential quality for greatness. God gave Paul this thorn in the flesh in order that Paul could overcome it through depending on the spirit. Adam and Eve fell in the garden because God had a purpose in their fall. God intended it to happen, beloved, so that you and I could overcome sin, so we could overcome our evil inclination, so that we could overcome the flesh by depending on him. Your imperfection is your starting point. Now you've got a place to begin to overcome from. And he that overcomes, beloved, is made great. To the degree that you and I overcome, maybe it's your bad temper you have to overcome. Maybe you have a tendency to gossip you have to overcome. Some people habitually lie they have to overcome it. Whatever your imperfection is, whatever your natural disposition is that's in bondage to darkness, don't reject yourself because of it. Come to Hashem, come to God with it, and know that your mission is to overcome it. You see, whether you're from Africa, India, America, or Israel, our journey's is all the same. Our mission is to be transformed. And to the degree that we follow the Lord in this world and overcome to that degree, we'll be rewarded. So don't reject yourself, beloved, because you fall short Rather recognize it's your starting point and you've got a mountain to overcome and because you're gonna overcome that mountain because we can do all things through Messiah that strengthens us, you're gonna have a great reward when you get to that mountaintop. Beloved, once again, the revelation that I'm depositing in your soul right now is this, your imperfection is what qualifies you for greatness. Now you've got something to work on. Now you've got something to overcome and through Yeshua, praise God, you're gonna master it.
0: You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. So please keep listening. Did you know that you can connect with Rabbi right on your phone? The Rabbi Schneider app is packed with resources, videos, and a daily devotional that are designed to help jumpstart your day. The Rabbi Schneider app is free, bringing you inspiration and encouragement 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply search for Rabbi Schneider in your phone's app store and download the app today. We are so thankful for everyone who gives a financial gift of support to this ministry. And perhaps today is the day that you decide that you would like to deepen your commitment to discovering the Jewish Jesus. The best way to do that is to sign up to become a monthly partner at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or you can call us at 800-777-7835. Together we can help others prepare for Jesus' return. And now let's get back into the second half of today's message.
1: One of my friends was just saying to me that sometimes we look at the process of recovery as simply going from black to white. You know, one day we've got a problem, the next day we're completely healed. But most people's journey of overcoming is not suddenly from here to over here. It's more of a spiral where we begin down here and we slowly ascend out of that cycle till we get into the light further and further. I know a man that's a good friend of mine, and he was raised in such a hard environment. His parents, his mother, when he cried as an infant would put him in the dark basement and lock the door and just let him cry down there and cry down there and cry down there. She couldn't deal with the crying. Her way of dealing with the crying was to put her child in a dark basement. And so this friend of mine grew up in isolationism and he has a passionate love for Jesus. But yet because his formative years took place in that kind of an environment where there was no relationship, He has to struggle and struggle and strive to feel connected, to feel good about himself. There was so much negativity and rejection that were heaped upon him as a young person. And sometimes now he'll do really great, but then because that formative thing that he received from his mom, that rejection is so deep in him, he'll find himself being set back. One day he'll be living in victory, and the next day he'll feel real down about himself, that he's not worthy, like he's a third wheel. But you know what? He keeps moving forward and even though it seems like he's good one day and the next day he's not doing good it's not like it's black to white white to black but rather slowly slowly surely more and more of his days are being lived in the light more and more he's cycling up starting to believe good things about himself and he's coming more and more into the light and that's realistic beloved one don't beat yourself up just keep praying keep praying Keep talking to God, keep crying out, even as Paul did when that messenger of Satan was sent to him to to break him. And what's gonna happen? You will overcome, you will be made strong, God's power will be made perfect in your weakness, and you're gonna have, beloved ones, a great reward. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What's really interesting as we move on to a new focus in Revelation, is that we're speaking of this love that God has for us, how he designed the whole world for man, that even the fall of man was part of God's plan so that man could overcome and receive a reward and choose him and choose light and choose to love him. What's really interesting in relationship to this is that God doesn't need us, right? He's self-existent. He is the beginning. He's before all things. He's eternal. He's always been. He doesn't need anything. But somehow God has chosen to love us, and in some way, he's chosen to need us. Now, don't misunderstand me. God doesn't need anything, but yet God has chosen to need us. Listen, if we weren't important to him, if God didn't need us because of his choice to love us, would he have sent his son to come to the earth, to be whipped, to have his beard pulled out, to have nails put through his hands and his feet, to have a spear thrust in his side. If God didn't choose to need us because of his choice to love us, would he have put his son through such horrendous torment? No, that is how much beloved one, he loves us. Aruch Hashem, God loves you, hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. A lot of times you and I, as we move on to another revelation to set us free, we struggle, we think, where's God? And we pray to God and we envision him up in heaven somewhere. But you know, the real problem for many is not that God is so far away that he doesn't hear you. Your real problem is he's so close, you won't let him in. I remember years ago as a brand new believer and I'd been praying to encounter the Lord. I'd already come to faith in Yeshua. Jesus had revealed himself to me in 1978 through a vision in the middle of the night. And I started reading the scripture shortly after that read about the Holy Spirit. I started praying for the Holy Spirit to come, to experience the Holy Spirit. And beloved ones, I remember this. It was 40 years ago. I still remember it to this day. And I cringed to even have to tell you this. But I was laying on my bed one day, again, I was praying for the Holy Spirit, and I literally felt the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. I literally felt His person come to me as I was lying in my bed. It was in the middle of the afternoon. But you know what happened? Even though I was praying for him to come, when he came, something in me pushed him away. He came, he answered my prayers and came, but when he came and he got so close to me, involuntarily, something in me rose up and rejected him and pushed him out. Why? Because he was too close. You see, we're afraid to let God in as close as he wants to come in because we feel so vulnerable We're not used to that type of intimacy. It scares us. You see, we want a relationship with God, but the relationship that we want with him is that we want him to be somebody that lives a few doors down from us on the street that we're living on. We don't want him moving in to our own bedroom. We don't want him moving in to our own life so close, so intimate. We say we want him, but the truth is, if you would discover the reality, you want him, but you don't want him into as close as he wants to be because it makes you too vulnerable and the intimacy scares us. You see, again, a lot of people think, where's God? And they envision him as being up in heaven somewhere. But listen what the scripture says. We read about this in the book of Romans and the same scripture is repeated, beloved ones, in the book of Deuteronomy from where Paul is quoting. Hear the word of God. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. In other words, the Lord is saying here, don't say that you've got to go to heaven to meet me. And don't imagine that I'm somewhere deep at the bottom of the sea that you can't get to me. I'm in your heart, I'm right here. We have to recognize by the grace and the mercy of God, how close he is to you and I. It's not that he's too far away, it's that he's too close and we're afraid to open up and let him in. We don't want to be that vulnerable. We're afraid to be that accountable. We want our own freedom. And to let him in to the very center of our being would be a deeper relationship, truth be told, than you or I want. Now don't misunderstand, I want it, but there's something in our nature that's afraid of it. Father, right now in Yeshua's name, I just pray that you would soften our hearts, that we could create a place of intimacy for you within us that's deeper than we've ever known before. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and direct our hearts into the love of God. Father, that we would recognize that you're not someplace else. You're right here in Yeshua's name. Father, I'm asking you right now to open our hearts. Jesus, you said that you stand at the door of our heart and are knocking. And if any man opens the door, Jesus, you said you would come in and have fellowship with him. Father, I ask you to open up my heart. I ask you to open up every heart or those that are listening right now that want you to come in in a deeper way. Help us, Father God, we pray right now to let you in. Father, we ask you for the grace that we need to not be afraid of you, to open the door of our heart wider, to not fear the intimacy, to not push you back, Father God, but to receive you to the depths that you want to dwell within us. In Yeshua's name, we pray. The things that I'm sharing with you are so important. We exist in God. And yet we're unique, separate persons. And God's waiting for you and I to choose to love Him. We're made in His own image to know Him and love Him.
0: You're listening to the Bible Teaching Ministry of International Evangelist Rabbi Schneider right here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Our study today came from our series titled Revelations that Set You Free. And if you'd like to take your studies deeper on your own, be sure to visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're on our homepage, we'd love for you to discover how you can support this nonprofit ministry right now as we close out the final weeks of our year and get ready to begin a new one we'd really love to add you to our team of faithful partners and friends we need your faithful support in order to reach people with the authentic and uncompromising word of God and right now to share a little bit more about why it's so important to be praying for this nonprofit ministry and financially supporting us in this mission here is Rabbi Schneider
1: Well, we're coming to the end of the year. Baruch Hashem, Father, thank you, Abba, for keeping us alive this year. Father, thank you for every good gift that you've brought into our lives this year. We honor you, we worship you, and we don't want to take anything for granted. We love you, Abba, and give you thanks. As we've come to the end of the year, beloved, I always like to give our listeners an opportunity to respond to the Lord if this ministry is blessing you. And we should support those ministries financially that the Lord is using in our life to bless us and to feed us. So I just want to to humbly and sincerely ask you, if God is using my ministry and the ministry of discovering the Jewish Jesus to help you, to bless you, to teach you, and to encourage you, as we're coming to the end of this year, would you please sow your best financial seed unto the Lord through this ministry? Beloved ones, it'll help us to continue to do what we do, to reach people all over the world, even to the uttermost parts of the earth.
0: As the Lord leads you to give a special end of the year gift of any amount, let me invite you to give us a call. You can reach us at 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or if it's easier, you can donate online. You'll find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You know, we are truly so grateful for your support. And as our way of saying thank you for your generous donations, and your faithful obedience to God's leading, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month, which is available as a digital download. And we'll also send you our current newsletter that's filled with important insights, outreach events, and so much more. Speaking of outreach events, we're excited to announce that we'll be heading back overseas in 2024. Rabbi really has a passion and heart to reach the people of Africa and Israel and places beyond the borders of the U.S. with the love of Jesus. And we also love to hear from you, our listeners. And you can let us know that you're listening and standing with us in prayer when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. That's P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. You can also connect with us online and leave an encouraging note when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now to speak a blessing over us before we wrap up today here. Is Rabbi Schneider. Blessings trump curses and in the book of Numbers chapter 6 we find the ironic blessing
1: that God commanded Moses's brother Aaron the high priest to speak over the children of Israel. There's power in blessing beloved ones so take part in receiving father's blessing upon your life today. <laughs> Vaiishma re kha Ya Yahweh panavela kha Vi khuna kha Isa Yahweh panavela kha
0: Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries and I'm your host Dustin Roberts. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains the revelations that set you free. That's Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.